Yeah, welcome to the Pittsburgh City Paper Podcast. Today we're celebrating and memorializing Margaret Welch's six and a half years at City Paper. And we're joined by a couple friends, American music journalist Meg Fair and recording engineer Madeline Campbell. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. And I'm Alex. All right. Strong Can I also start. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you said six and a half years, then it reminded me that I've actually been writing for City Paper since I was in college, mm. which was more than 45 years ago. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, a lot of and young what was people the first in thing? this room. What? What was the first thing? Oh, well, I was a. Um, oh, the very first thing that I wrote for City Paper, um, there used to be this feature called Rant um, where readers could write in about things that just burned their biscuits. <laughs> um, and I wrote one when I was, it was like, it was published right before I graduated from high school. So I was very proud of that. Oh, wow. Um, and I got a gift card for, or they, they were gift certificates in those days. They didn't have gift cards. But um, What was it about? What uh, burned your biscuit? Well, a friend of mine um, had an extra ticket to go see Incubus at the Mellon Arena. And it was, uh, the, there were these girls behind me who were really annoying the whole time and screaming and being obnoxious, it, which is, like, typical. But um, it, they were just, like, specifically very uh, annoying because uh, the one girl was, like, yelling about how she wanted Brandon Boyd to rape her and, like, just, like, Ugh. just, like, gross stuff like that. Anyway, it was weird. Did that make it into the letter? It did. Wow. Um, unfortunately, I, I would like to find that issue that that was in. Um, but, and then I, I interned, I was a news intern, uh, I think my senior year of college or junior or senior year. Um, and then I started writing for the music section after that because I just wasn't a very good news writer. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> Since it's your it's your final podcast with us, I was thinking maybe you could choose your music, your your uh, intro and outro music, okay. which obviously we'll have already played uh, if you're listening to this, but the outro will be fun. So this one's called Beer Time. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is under the punk section, by the way. Oh. Yeah, this is total rock room. Uh, <laughs> just people throwing beer cans, moshing. The hair already smells like cigarettes, yeah. just from listening to this. All right, I don't like this. You don't like it? Okay. <laughs> no to beer time. Uh, what about one called Cranked? Oh, that sounds interesting. All right, give it a shot. Ooh. Is this your speed? This, Def- is some, this is some bad girl music. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely getting me cranked. All right, let's put a bookmark right. in Cranked. Okay. Right. That's like WWE entrance music. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, okay, that's another point in its favor. All right. Yeah. Um, how about Island Fun? Just right, to mix it up. Let's, let's check try it. it out. Oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> I feel like I'm playing, like, um, what's it called? The Mario Racing game? Oh, mm. Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hear what else you have. No. No. That was quick. Okay. <laughs> Immediately. Nope. This one doesn't really have a name. Oh. <laughs> this sounds like stuff I listen to in like 
when I discovered electronic music in like uh-huh. eighth grade, and I was like, "This is so heavy." This reminds me of like a CD that someone bought for me, my friend bought for me at uh, the exchange for a dollar because they had two copies of it. She's like, "I don't know what this is, but we can have friendship CDs." Kind of sounded like this. Oh, it is. It's called Goliath Cinematic Dubstep. Oh, yep. of course. Yeah. All right. Keep it going with cinematic drums. Oh, I kind of like the like drama. I feel like this is like a Phil Collins song in yeah. the mix. Mm-hmm. But just imagine, I mean, hear it in your head over the intro and be like, Margaret's leaving. This is her last podcast. <laughs> it's heavy. Whoa. We'll get the real story. <laughs> what she doesn't want you to know. Find yeah. out what happens next. <laughs> You'll never believe what happens next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's nice and short, too. I like that one. All right. We already did beer time. How about Air Raid? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds like Slip, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Kind of does. Racing through <laughs> the South Hills. Yeah. Racing through the South Hills. <laughs> the Sawmill Slayer. Mm. Thoughts? Uh, I kind of like that one. Okay. Put a bookmark in that. And then Punk Kids. Uh-oh. Is this code orange? <laughs> sounds like Weezer. It sounds like a lot of these were made by the same person. Yeah. I don't like this because... I don't like it for intro music because it sounds too much like it's a song. You know, but like a bad right, song. Yeah. It reminds... like. Just like a song that's uh, that you hear on the radio that makes you want to listen to some like something similar but different. Right, gotcha. Like a better version of it. What's this called? <laughs> Music design by Jason. <laughs> by Jason. Jason Mraz. Loving this deconstructed reggae ska yeah. feel. <laughs> I'm open to it, I suppose. Cool. She never ceases to surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret Curveball Welsh. (laughs) That's what they call me. All right. uh, What surprised you about this job when you when you got it? Um. Nothing really. I don't know. I I nothing really um, springs to mind um, because I'd already been doing parts of this job for a while uh so and I already you know I was like close with Andy who was my predecessor so um he did a really good job of like preparing me or you know giving me like the full idea of what was what it was going to be like so yeah I, nothing I mean I'm sure there are things that I wasn't expecting but uh sorry not a good answer did he give you is there any advice that he gave you uh, well, he said that, um, you know, like, no one else really has this job. Like, this is, this is a really, uh, unique kind of position to be in. So, you don't owe anybody anything. And, um, you know, you just, like, don't worry about people giving you a hard time or, you know, 
uh, sorry, I feel like I'm giving really terrible answers, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that was really helpful throughout, um, just like the idea of like, you don't really owe anything except trying to like do it, make the section good. And, um, you know, I was just like from my years at city paper before that I was familiar enough with Pittsburgh music, um, that it made it, um, like a pretty easy transition. And, uh, so I felt like I had a good sense of like what I, what I wanted to cover and, and what I thought needed to be covered. Um, I guess as far as things that are surprising, I feel like there is so much music that's being made in Pittsburgh. It's insane. And like stuff that you'll like never hear about, like people who just make music and don't play, or even people who play shows who you'll just like never come across unless they reach out. Um, so that was, I guess I was kind of like shocked by that Mm. and to a certain degree, but. Well, yeah, I mean, you find that if you get press releases from people, they're going to be the sort of people who send press Mm -hmm. releases. Uh, is, is there any way that you got out of that? Wait, like, tried you... to find music that, that people who weren't promoting themselves or yeah. people who weren't... Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the best stuff uh, that's in Pittsburgh is being made by people who aren't really into promoting themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of like a, a theme in music in, in general where um, a lot of people who are really talented and interesting feel, like, awkward about sending a press release. Um, and it tends to be the people who are really pushy about sending press releases or, you know, who are really persistent about wanting you to cover them are, you know, they're better at self-promotion than they are at music. Um, so it's, I, I wish, (laughs) I wish that, uh, that people were, or there's a lot of really talented people that I wish were better about, um, you know, sending out press releases about when they're, when they have an album coming out. And I think, you know, that's something that Andy dealt with a lot where, um, bands or fans of bands would get all bent out of shape because they, you know, some band put out a record and we didn't do anything. And, you know, something that would have been good to cover, but it's like, you know, if you're not telling us what's happening, you know, we can only really do so much. I know that you're, you, Alex, are uh, pretty good at digging up stuff. Digging. I go to band camp and I type <laughs> Pittsburgh and then I do new releases and I click on every single one. But uh, it is, that's, that's, you know. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, just from our conversations about this job, I realized how difficult it is because you can never please everyone. Yeah. And so that's awesome that Andy made sure to let you know from the get-go to remember, like, you don't owe people, like, this isn't, you know, you you don't owe people anything other than, like, putting really diligent, thoughtful work into this section but even if you do that again you know someone's there's always there will always be someone who's not satisfied or thinks that you should cover different things but you know yeah it's interesting because I I feel like I was lucky in not a lot of like shit talking about me getting back to me even though I'm sure that because I mean it's just like that's what happens no matter who's you know in charge of whatever but um, I feel like people I was you know there were definitely people who were kind of like vocal about not being happy with what was being covered. But at the same time, I think I also was like pleasantly surprised with how nice people were. Um, 
like I feel like overall the really negative interactions that I had with people were pretty minimal. Mm. When I was like doing listings, it was definitely worse. So. Yeah, well, in, in listings, you're on the front lines. Yeah. You know, you're really in there. <laughs> this might be baseless, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think for a lot of people, this is their primary print newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially younger people. Yeah. Yeah, none of my – I don't think anyone who graduated, or se- like, around the same time I did, who go to Pitt or go to Point Park ever read anything but the city paper, mm-hmm. which – kind of crucial and it's helpful too because sometimes if you're like lucky enough to like find one of those oddballs you can like get people into music and like kind of challenge them Mm because i think people are are more often than not willing to take uh take the city paper's advice Mm -hmm. about like taste making yeah which is kind of cool yeah i'm always like because you know with like critics picks i'm always like does does anyone even like look at these or does it matter but um, I hear from people who book shows that it's like, oh, all these people that I've never seen before showed up. Um, so well, that's always Meg, cool. you're very powerful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me go. I'm, I'm always really happy because I, like, I, I try to dig deep, but Margaret always has, like, those, like, perfect, weird oddballs <laughs> that I can't find that I end up having the most fun writing Well, I about. feel like you always send me ideas that are, like, completely, like, I have no idea where you find them. Because it's always stuff that I like haven't. Uh, I'm making an Instagram video of everybody right now. Sorry, <laughs> it's distracting. Um, but yeah, so you have your own little channel. Weirdly enough, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like luck of the draw. I usually, if I'm really starved, will go on Song Kick oh. <laughs> and just like look up. And sometimes, most of the time, it's a dud. But sometimes there's just some weird ones, like that Galactic Empire one. Oh yeah. Although that's been pushed very aggressively yeah. on my Facebook. I feel oh, yeah. personally attacked. <laughs> They're like, we know this nerd like well, Star Wars, so. What I liked about it, and I think some people do, is that and then every once in a while you'll get like a Justin Bieber or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then you'll have a few people gripe and say, well, you know, we should have been featured some local person instead. He doesn't really need it. But I think when you see that mix of different artists of different levels, it lets you know that you're paying attention to everything and you're not, you're not, uh, it's, it's not snobby, I yeah. guess. Well, that's always so funny when people, like, the comments that people uh, leave on music stuff, like, there was one recently that was like, why don't you feature bands that can play their instruments? Oh, yeah. And it's always, like, just, like, some, like, cranky. Boring. Yeah, like, or I remember when Andy had this job, there was, like, a, all these, like, kind of, like, guitar singer-songwriters were complaining on our website about how he featured like some electronic artists and it's like that's not real music <laughs> Ugh. go back to 1950 <laughs> or 2003 yeah <laughs> what was your first job my first job um i worked at the cafe at the frick um that wasn't really my first job my first job i don't know if i feel like telling it okay. tell it's us embarrassing i worked at the renaissance festival <laughs> that is so sick <laughs> If I didn't have any job offers by May, I was straight up going to be like, I'm going to do Renaissance festivals or tour with bands. It's the same thing. (laughs) Only one pays better. Yeah. The Renaissance festival. Well, I always like, I mean, I loved working there. It was so much fun. But then at a certain point in my life, I was like, ooh, that's actually kind of embarrassing. What did you do there? Uh, I worked at the front gate. I was like, I took people's tickets. 
Did you have to talk differently? Uh, yeah. I've never been. Well, I, Can yeah, you give us a, a sample um, of, the, of the Renaissance lingo? Like, what's something I would say? Um, like, If I would say, I don't know. Hey, um, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> what time do you close? <laughs> I can't do this. Please. <laughs> I went off script. No, she's freaking out. Oh, no. Um, like, I don't know what time. Like, we close at 7 p.m., my lord. <laughs> I hate myself. It's so good. <laughs> Margaret, is there one thing that you wrote that you're particularly proud of? Or if you want to be, uh, if you don't want to talk about yourself, you can write about something somebody else wrote under your well, editorship? Um, I think as editor, the stuff I write, I wrote, I, it's interesting because I feel like, um, I did kind of like my best and worst work in a way where I was like, um, I, when Andy was editor, I was writing for him all the time and I was always like, sorry, this sucks. Like, I'm, I'm, I know this is bad. And then when I became editor, I was like, I don't have time to worry about whether I'm good or not. Um, and that was cool. But, uh, I also feel like I didn't get to, I was like, always kind of leaving whatever I had to write to the last minute um, and while I was doing everything else. Um, but the stuff that I'm, that I remember being proud of, um, that Jennifer Knapp article. I Our mean, most read music article of 2016. Yeah. By a long shot. Um, that, I mean, you know, it's not because I, like, that was a good story that kind of just naturally came together. Um, speaking of Grand about, Buffet. Yeah. What? I was just going to say about coming out in the Christian oh, yeah. music industry. Yeah. Uh, which is why I think people beyond Pittsburgh were so interested. In yeah. It. Yeah, it definitely resonated with people. Um, but speaking of Grand Buffet, I read about Grand Buffet, and I think that turned out well. <laughs> that was People fun. liked it. Yeah. Um, I like your Swans piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a while ago. The early stuff. Uh-huh. You also wrote uh, Things Beyond Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, interviewing authors. That's what I think you did probably second most with yeah. books. Anything that sticks out there? Well, I interviewed Anne M. Martin, the mm. author and creator of the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. That was a That was highlight. one of my favorite reads, yeah. honestly. I'm very, that was very exciting. Yeah, and you still, so good. or at least as of this week, you still had your ticket stub. Yeah. To, uh, well, it's going home with me. Okay. I'm not throwing it away. It's not one of, one of your many gifts to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've given Alex some good stuff. Very true. Meg, as her intern, are there a couple things that you took away or any one single thing, or did you just learn nothing? Uh, I learned absolutely no. Actually, of all of the, like, mentors I've had in the music journalism community, like, you by far, Margaret, have been (laughs) the best because I've never had somebody, like, speak so candidly about my, like, about my work without they're always being like, you do this really, like, you do this really well, but here's, like, how we can make this even better. And that just made me way less nervous to turn stuff in because I always used to have such crazy deadline anxiety, and now I, like, can't wait to hear what Margaret has to say about my stuff. So you're probably going to still get, like, emails from me (laughs) when I'm like, hey, can you read over this really quick before I turn it in? I can definitely do that. Yeah, but Um, it helped me a lot. It's funny because I have a – there was one guy, Dan Morgan, who's an old friend of mine who wrote a few things, and – um, he and I were talking about uh, the stuff he'd written uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was like, yeah, I can always tell when you're in, like, editor mode, because you're like, 
you know, I mean, you're, this is really great. You're doing a really good job. Here are some things to work on, which is just, like, completely not how I normally talk to them. But. It's awesome, though. Mm-hmm. It's definitely also, like, having someone be like, you don't have to use so many words. Just that, that was huge for me because I always feel like I was, like, overcompensating. And you were like, literally, it's there. Just, like, it's a lot of noise. Just get rid of the noise. And I think that's the hardest thing to learn as a writer because you – I mean, at least as, like a, like, a woman who is in music journalism, I always feel like I have to, like, inflate myself mm-hmm. to, like, this weird pretentious standard to be taken seriously. Yeah. And very much working under you reminded me that, like, that's bullshit and people will take me seriously anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that it's, like, there's, like, that thing where it's, like, the guy who was the best writer in high school always is, like, the language and, like, the, you know, 50 cent words and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's the right phrase, right? 50 cent words are big words or $2 words. $2 words. Yeah. Either way, it came across. <laughs> Depends on, well, now with, my, now with my zero income, 50 cent words are really <laughs> Um But yeah, I mean, it's like, I think that's something that everybody kind of has to, everybody who has like, uh, who went to, who did a lot of writing in school has to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get, o- get over that which is difficult, but. Did this job change the way you listen to music? Uh, well, I can tell that even, like, you know, Friday was my last day. I already, like, enjoy music more <laughs> than I did. Um, and, I mean, I think it, it probably uh, helped me appreciate music in, in some ways, but for the most part, um, you know, there's always this feeling of like, oh, I should probably be listening to this thing that mm-hmm. I have to write about. Um, and I mean, sometimes I was really um, pleasantly surprised or I guess it, I feel like in some ways it's made my tolerance for bad music higher and lower. Um, where I would be listening to something that someone sent that wasn't good. And I would just like, put it on and then 20 minutes later I'd be like what am I listening to am I I'm still listening to this I didn't even know I was listening to it um so I think my like ability to tune out music is uh way higher but um I don't know I don't want to sound like I hate music or anything but um (laughs) it was definitely kind of time for me to get away from it well Megan Madeline both you guys both work in music Mm mm-hmm do you, do you ever feel that when you're completely immersed in it all the time? Do you find that it gets, uh, changes the way that you listen to music on your, in your free time? Oh, yeah. I mean, recording music totally changed how I listen to music. Um, and I totally identify with what Margaret was saying about like having a higher and lower tolerance for music you don't like. With recording music, um, I always struggle with this notion that I'm pretending because I record a lot of stuff that I don't really care about. Um, but I don't know that, I mean, I'm sure every recording engineer in the world has yeah. recorded, especially, you know, in the first, in the first five years of their career, um, has recorded so many albums that they don't necessarily care about, but that doesn't matter because they're there as a technician, as an engineer, sometimes as a producer. Um, you know, you're there to, to make up a, a permanent archive of this recording of this of this song of this idea no matter what it is so um I find sometimes I get like fixated on little technical things in 
um, in the recordings of music, but I also feel that um, it's made me appreciate music that is not necessarily like my favorite genre or something mm. that I wouldn't normally be um, be really into, but to kind of take my my own like my own tastes out of it and just look at it as what it is, yeah, you yeah. know, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. just to say like, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like I say it too much. Like, you know, it's not, it's not really my thing, but I can still totally respect that they're doing a great job. And, yeah. um, you know, that they're, I think it's also, I think recording music has also changed what music I do like. Cause I think I do care less about genres now and right, yeah. about certain artists. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, I know, it's it's definitely you can tell when you're recording like which bands are just like really really working hard and invested and tight and focused and um like open to trying new things and um and then there's some music that you know because you kind of watch them practice as they're recording it's it's really derivative of other stuff which is fine you know that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing but um yeah, that's a that's a long-winded way of saying it has totally changed yeah. how I listen. Well, I feel like, uh, you know, thinking about that, um, I always, I feel like when I review something, my main question is, like, whether or not the band has done what they seem to be trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely not, like, a music snob by any means. There's stuff I really hate, and there's a lot of stuff that I don't, don't like in general. But um, I think that... There were a lot of things. I mean, I think City Paper also kind of has a reputation for being on the nice side of, you know, we're usually not going to rip someone apart. Because, yeah. I mean, my philosophy about that is, you know, we're not reviewing, because we only review local stuff. And so usually we're not reviewing records by people who have, you know, put out a bunch of stuff or, um, you know, and, and there's not really any reason to, like. Yeah. Or on some gigantic budget. Right, yeah. So all those things need to be taken into account, but yeah, I mean, for I, all of that is like definitely how I feel. Like I can appreciate a lot more music now because I can recognize that something is really good or really earnest without having to like it myself. But I also will admit that uh, after like working, especially in college radio it has increased my appreciation for really good pop music Mm -hmm. so much because Mm. pop is, like, this, like, beautiful palate cleanser where, like, I have to listen to this, like, stuff that's so up its own ass. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm doing, like, four reviews a week and all of them are these, like, like, intellectually kind of, like, challenging or, like, really, like, harsh noise. So, like, there's Uh nothing, for me, there's, like, nothing as refreshing as, like, putting on... Ariana Grande or like (laughs) Beyonce or just like listening to something that's just like so carefully crafted but it's not gonna like break the brain bank yeah Mm. so that's something that I think is awesome because now I'm much less I think it's made me a lot less pretentious Mm -hmm. because anytime someone is like pop music I'm like "Mm." yeah (laughs) it's like oh you don't like having fun yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I trust you yeah (laughs) Well, in terms of, like, writing about stuff or listening to stuff that's not normal, not your normal alley, my mom was a writer, is a writer, and, like, one of her first jobs was writing for, like, a real estate magazine, and 
or like catalog, and so she would have to like write these little paragraphs about like really shitty looking houses, <laughs> and she would just have to find ways <laughs> to put it in context. And she, I always think about that. I mean, of like, so okay, maybe that's a little bit phony if you're, you know, like the music. If you're saying like, well, I'm just going to ignore all the bad parts and say, mm-hmm. you know, if it's poorly recorded, it's got a lo-fi or it's whatever warm tape. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I mean, that. at the same time, it's like you do want to mention when something is like bad, but I always try to mention something yeah i think there's also a way that like i mean i'm I'm not i guess it's different for houses (laughs) and recordings and music but like i think there are some ways that you can take like a negative thing and like i'm not necessarily like not lie or twist it or make it something it's not but like present it in a way that i don't know Mm -hmm. like like with the house like if it's like a shitty house like i don't know there's like (laughs) room to do this or or like great potential for this and and not to become like like, I I don't know I don't want to be like a sound like a salesman about it or like I'm trying to deceive anyone but I feel like there can be ways to 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 be honest but also focus on well and I think that like because I have thought about this a lot about how like harsh we should be um and I remember Aaron Jensen talking about how you know if you're taking the time to cover it then, especially if it's something that you're previewing, this is, like, less so with a, a record review. But, like, you know, there's, we have limited space. We're covering it. Like, it might as well be something that's worth people's time. Um, but I also, uh, I think that um, I lost my train of thought. Mm. Do you have a it's sound effect for that? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was something to do with what Madeline was saying, and mm. I can't remember what it was. Well, you, you just leave it up to, I, I took that as you leave, let them be the judge. So if yeah. you can say it's, it's a very, it's a lo-fi recording, some people are going to be like, well, I just know that I don't like it if it doesn't sound professionally done. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, sometimes lo, lo-fi recording just sounds shitty, and like yeah. sometimes like things... Like slip, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Sorry. Um, eh. I think that was the burn. I love slip, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the gun would have been good. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. Um. <laughs> well, has, it, has the job changed your approach to your own music? Uh, yeah, I actually, well, it's, um, it's interesting because when I was, when Ovarius was playing, I um, definitely, like, listened to music differently. So the more music I'm playing myself, the the... I don't know. It definitely changes how I listen to music. Um, so I don't know that it's, like, writing about music has changed my music per se. But I definitely feel a lot more, like, if I go to a show, I'm way more into the bands if I'm playing music a lot mm-hmm. at that point. Um, otherwise, I don't know, I'm less engaged. Are there any bands that stick out over your over your tenure? That, that you were really happy to discover through this job? Well, I know we both were really into that Swamp Walk record. Um, so she was, I forget, I, I saw her at Roboto or something. So I didn't necessarily discover her through the job. But it's always fun when I see a local band that I really like, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to write about hmm, this band. Yeah. Um, uh, Seeker Tombs, I was excited to write about them. Uh, How'd that one go? That went pretty well. <laughs> Um, eh. <laughs> sorry. 
Uh, what else? Um, I don't know. Can I interject? Yes. That um, Margaret and I oh, met yeah. and became friends through uh, her writing an article. Um, it was about youth summer music programs and uh, Girls Rock Pittsburgh, which is um, an organization that I volunteer with, was included in that spread of programs. And um, I had seen her play once with Ovarios at a house in Troy Hill. Um, and I thought she was really badass because she didn't smile very much. <laughs> so I sent her this Facebook message and um, with a link to, I think, like the Girls Rock website or Facebook page and said that she should check it out and consider volunteering and she wrote back to me that she didn't know if she'd be able to volunteer, but... I was also um, like, uh, I can't play the drums very well. I don't think I'm going to be able to teach anything. <laughs> I was um, like, I don't know what this girl is thinking, but... <laughs> um, and we met, uh, we had our, our first date at <laughs> Constellation, and we met and we talked, and... Um, yeah, we talked for like two hours. Yeah. And we became friends quickly. Yes. So that was really nice. You've gotten so much out of this job. I know. Well, I also, yeah, I met my boyfriend after interviewing him. Mm. That's what we were, well, that's what Madeline was laughing That's what about. I was hinting yeah. at with um, Secret Tombs. Which, Alex, everyone already knows that. But, um, <laughs> so yes, the rewards have been. Some listener out there is going to be like, oh, yeah, thank you right. for explaining the last minute and a half. was brutal. I know. Um, well, it was all like, revealed in that slip article. So. That's true. I was reading that, that disclosure again. It sounds very serious. Mm-hmm. For full disclosure. Full disclosure. Yeah. I feel like it's when you, I don't know, I always wanted to pick your brain. Because I feel like it's really hard when you play music or like you're interested in booking music or that's something you do a lot. And you also write about it. People like immediately assume you can't be objective anymore. But it's like arguably I'm more objective because I'm part of it and I'm like entrenched in it. And so I can like see it all up close. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, my thoughts and feelings are coming from. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when you're like, oh, this show is awesome. I want to cover it. And then you're like, just kidding. I can't cover it. I'm playing it. Yeah. So, like. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I mean, I think that, like, being kind of in it is something I like. Because at this point, you know, talking about being kind of, like, you know, appreciating or enjoying music now more than I did, like, last week. Um, be, like, getting to know the people around like, who are involved in music has been, like, the coolest thing to me. And like I said, all right, like, I think I already said that, you know, interviewing has kind of become my favorite part. And in general, I'm kind of just mostly interested in people's stories. And um, I find that, like, actually, like, reviewing music and describing it is, like, kind of the hardest part for me. Um, (laughs) Which makes me sound like probably a really terrible person for the job. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, so it's been really cool to, to get to know people. Did you have a question that you asked in every interview? Um, you know, not really. I, I know you have a few good ones that I've stolen from you. Anybody want to throw in under the bus really unpleasant inter- interviews? Um, you know, I've had some interviews that I thought were bad, and I was like, ooh, these pe- this person hates me and thinks I'm stupid. Um, and then I've listened back, and it's fine. Um, well, like I, I mentioned Danzig being bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys heard... Well, I've had some weird experiences, more than bad. Yeah. Um, 
the drummer of Deerhoof is like Greg. Yeah, Greg is so smart and interesting, but oh my god! Like you ask a question and then you get like a thirty-minute response, and like I had to go to work, so I'm like interviewing him in my dorm room and I'm sweating bullets. It's like on Skype and it's recording, and I'm like changing, like because it's just the it's like no video, so I'm like changing and running around and like trying to like listen to him and pay attention, but I'm also gonna be late for work. Like that was. That one was one of those ones where he would, like, laugh, and I felt like I should laugh, but it, <laughs> when I would laugh, then he would respond weird. Uh-huh. And then I interviewed, oh, her name escapes me. I interviewed the woman behind Way's Blood. Oh, okay. And um, halfway through our interview, she cut me off mid-question and said, did you just quack? <laughs> and I was like, uh, no. And she was like, there's no duck where you are? I was like, well, I cannot say that there is in in here. Another dorm room interview. But it just it completely threw me off for the rest of the time because I was like, do I do I have a duck voice? <laughs> like, what is this? Wow, that would have really thrown me off. Well, Meg, there. I'm glad that Greg is not. I was thought you were going to say he was a dick. And no, really no, 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 no. Yeah. He's I love the that nicest band. dude. He's so. the nicest dude. He just, like, he... he has such a knowledge of things that it's like overwhelming to pick through his responses. I mean, well, but I'm kind well. of I'm kind of a sucker for anyone like that who they like put their bodies on the line when they perform yeah. a little bit, yeah. like anyone who performs like that cuz really, I mean, I'm a huge nerd about it and I own like every Rush live DVD <laughs> there's like ever been. Really? But, oh yeah, I love Rush. I'm like obsessed with Rush. Um <laughs> Fun fact, my email ends in 2112. Um, <laughs> oh, and it has... Oh, I, I never even thought yeah, of that. Um, but, like, really the only live videos I like are ones that are almost have, like, an element of, like, shock or danger to them. Uh-huh. And Deerhoof is definitely that. And then if you haven't seen that uh, documentary about the Chariots last tour, it's mm. beautifully done. Like... The cinematography is worth it as well as the story, but because you don't, it's not just like a standalone camera. It's total chaos and cacophony because that's what their shows are. Mm. But yeah, there definitely are times when I, as a music, when I go review something, I just want to say the meanest things about bands. The only time I get angry is when a band looks bored. Uh-huh. When Ooh. a band is on stage and they look bored, I'm like, you get to do this for a living, which so many people would love to do, and you're up there looking like you would rather be literally anywhere else. Yeah. Maybe they all hate each other. Maybe. Possible. That's like how I feel every time. Well, the last, I've seen Weezer three times now, and the first two times it was fun, but the last time they just like looked like they wanted to take a nap, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, they you're Weezer, did. like, come on, have a little mm. bit of fun out there. Maybe that's like rude of me to say, but Well, they should I guess. have stopped making records a long time ago. That's so true, that's mm. very they true. They should be touring. Damn. I think bands, I think it's always good when bands break up. I agree. There are very few exceptions to that, in my mind. Honestly, like the only band I was like sad for like a <laughs> what day. Are you looking at me like that, Laura? It just looked like Madeline was about to pounce. <laughs> so I just wanted to <laughs> No, I the only band I at first was really upset about breaking up in recent history was Hostage Calm because I like loved Hostage Calm and then I saw them at their last show and I was like Whew, thank God they broke up because they really hate each other. Nothing yeah. good creatively mm. would have come out of this band after this album because even this album, you could tell there was some dissonance. And then to see it live and kind of like see how little they wanted to interact with each other, I was like, oh, yep, no, this is a good thing. Yeah. 
It's like when a tree, like a tree, stays healthier if you like snip off the <laughs> the dead parts yes. of it. It's kind of how that That's is. True. I did sound recently just on the theme of bands breaking mm-hmm. up. I don't know why I thought of this, but I did. Uh, I run sound at Brillo Box, and um, there was this band uh, called Uniform, and they're from they're a duo from New York, and I I had heard of them. And they're on one of my favorite labels, Sacred Bones Ugh. Records. Oh, yeah. And so um, I was unaware that the um, the singer in uniform was in this band that I really, really loved in, like, late high school, early college called Drunk Driver. Um, and they – I, like, I have this Drunk Driver 7-inch, and I remember this – this guy telling me once like oh damn like you have a drunk driver seven inch like <laughs> that's awesome and I was like yeah I love them they're great but um they had like a really a really um intense breakup and uh I was trying to find one of their records online like a physical copy of it and I was told by a friend uh Josh Revel, who he told me that um after the breakup, all of all of the remaining uh, physical albums were destroyed. What? Yeah. Whoa. That is crazy. Yeah. That's volatile. I think it was a real. It was a. It was quite an in, intense and not good breakup. But mm. yeah, um, that's wild. But I. But but the focus more is more on that. that. Like <laughs> the focus. The focus is more me telling that story of like not only did they break up, but they were. <laughs> Destroy the evidence. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's cool. That's actually really cool. That's the most punk way to go out. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to burn a copy of every article you've ever written yeah, here? Yeah, that's Pack into the mainframe. I, can just I don't know what a mainframe is. <laughs> um, yeah, delete all my articles. Yeah. Delete. Well, I'll, you can delete a lot of them. I, I, uh, I'll chalk it up to Maggie Walsh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Was that your pen name previously? No. Oh. There was some... Wait, who came up with that? Me. Oh. Midge, Midge it Walsh. Was I. Someone else. I think maybe it was Charlie. It was Midge, Midge Walsh. Walsh. I feel like maybe being a woman makes people nicer to me. Uh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I guess I I guess they're nice, but usually condescending. Yeah. If I interview anyone who is a is a guy and who is significantly older than me, I always get a little bit of that like, oh honey, yeah. like yeah. attitude, which I'm like, mm, I know more I, about music than you do, so maybe I don't, don't do that. I don't really get that very often, and I feel like because you're the authority. Maybe <laughs> I I just I'm actually like there have been you know being the first woman music editor of the city paper um there are some things that have happened that i'm always like is that is this person like doing this because i'm Mm. a woman and charlie's always our editor charlie's always like yes definitely that's what's happening this asshole (laughs) um and and i mean it's kind of showed up in ways where one person will email me and then they'll email charlie and the tone is like completely different yeah um well when you first got the job was that did did other people talk about that, you being the first woman no, music I, editor? No, I think that I, I was, I mean, a couple people said things about it, but I was like, uh, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't seem like that, it happened really naturally, so there wasn't like fanfare around it. And then at some point, I think someone asked me if I was, and then mm. I was like, 
I asked Charlie, and he's like, oh, I think so. And then he like. <laughs> was that Jen Barron? Was yeah, it for that think, via, yeah, it was. The via panel? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like personally, um, like, all, you know, I had a lot of freelancers who were men who were, uh, by and large, like, very respectful and would take my advice and um, listen to me and do what I said. And that was nice. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's really hard to say when you only have one life and one experience, like right. what, what might be different. Come on, Siri. No. She wants um, to get in on the conversation. <laughs> yeah, Siri. Yeah. What's it um, like being a female robot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like I've been kind of fortunate, at least in not perceiving a lot of condescension from yeah. men that I, the mostly men that I've interviewed because I feel like I have mostly interviewed men. Going back to what Megan was saying about like writing as women uh, and like I think that the tendency is to almost like you're writing more words because you're almost like apologizing for yourself in a way where you're like I have to explain all my points this much more so exactly. that you believe me and like there it's like really powerful to just like be like you know, state something. Mm -hmm. And um, I also was thinking about that. I think someone, there was like a Carrie Fisher tweet or something where mm -hmm. she, I forget what it was, but it was about using exclamation points. Um, I don't know. Do you remember what it was? Oh, this is escaping me now. But the point, yeah, the point was just that like you using, she finds, she found herself using exclamation points because it, or she wanted to stop doing that because it made her look easy to please. Yeah. Or, or, like, made her look like she was eager to please. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and she was like, even though I am. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I think stuff like that definitely is, like, it seems small, but it definitely. Yeah. Even in, like, texting. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I use, I, I feel like I'm always using exclamation points to be like, oh, well, soften it. I have to soften this for yeah. you. I, I really like being I want to seem really warm and yes, kind. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I, in retrospect, kind of regret how much I've done that. Even but if I'm saying, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I ever have a thanks at the end of an email, uh -huh. I almost always put an exclamation point. Yeah. Just because I see it and I go, well, that's a little bit like thanks. Especially <laughs> if it's within the staff. Yeah, so yeah. I like, <laughs> yeah, I guess sometimes it's appropriate when you like the person, but. Yeah. Well. Bill's really good at the thanks. It's just like, you understand, oh, yeah. he just doesn't have time to, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so succinct. Yeah. Yes. I was convinced Bill hated me when I came in for my interview with Bill. Well, he gave you to me, so. That's yeah. true. That's the most authoritative I've ever been in an internship interview. He was like, well, I can give you Margaret's email. And I was like, is she here right now? <laughs> good for you. I was That's like, really bring her to me. That was great because I was like going through some intern applications and I was not excited about yeah. them. And then you arrived and I was like, this yeah. is it. I think I used, oh God, I think I said the phrase like, I described florist as Mimi. And you were like, you laughed and I was like, that was a risk. I would have fired me right then and there. I would have been like, this girl just used Mimi as an adjective. Like meme. Like meme. Dash Y. Yeah. Meme-y. Meme-y. Mm. Meme I really, I do really like Florist, but that synth, sometimes that synth tone, I'm just like, whew. It's just meme -y. It's just meme -y. It's just destined to be memed. It sounds like it could also mean, like, egotistical. Meme-y. Meme -y. It's all about you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I just want to say thanks. Aw. Thanks thank for being you. a great editor and mentor. Thank you. Yeah, I wanna I wanna talk about <laughs> what I've learned from Margaret. Absolutely. And this is like really important to me because I think about this a lot. Um, I I have learned in my friendship with Margaret, um, and I totally see this in her writing. Um, just the importance of being vulnerable. And um, Margaret, I, one thing that I like so deeply appreciate about her is I feel like I could say anything to her and I would be met without judgment. And that's so rare. And like early on in our friendship, we were, we went out to dinner. We went to Legume. We went to a, a, I used to work at Legume and we had a, it was like a free dinner for, for me and a friend. So I brought her and, um, that was like one of our, our, one of our first few dates um, and I like right off the bat told her this like really intense story about like this really shitty experience I had had with a guy. And I was talking and I was like, oh God, this woman like doesn't even know me. Like this is <laughs> such a weird way to like start a, a friendship. But, um, she was just so always is like has, has always been so open and so understanding and so non-judgmental and um and then and after that I was taking her home and I we had this talk about like I don't know if you remember this about like she was like you don't have to use all these disclaimers Uh when you talk to me like I would say like this is this might sound kind of weird but um you know this I don't know like maybe this makes me sound crazy but and she was like you you should just say what you want to say you never you don't have to use these disclaimers and um and I also love like that I love that she, you, are <laughs> are so honest in, like, how you're still working on that in yourself and, like, try, you know, mm-hmm. like, what we were just talking about, like, not not using all those exclamation points and not trying to, like, soften ourselves or make ourselves, like, extend ourselves to everyone yeah. for no real reason. But um, I just, I really, that's one of my favorite things about Margaret Aww. is just that... Um, just yeah just the importance of like being vulnerable and and being open and um i i know that like i can always talk to her when i've like fallen short or when i've like when i've fucked up or when i've like done something real dumb she's the one that i she's gotten some like 8 a.m calls before <laughs> like oh god oh god well, madeline's gotten some 8 a.m calls from me too <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like I want women to all, I don't know. I feel, I always want to see women just like not apologizing for themselves. And it's like just like an ongoing project for everyone. But you also have to like approach not apologizing for yourself with a a lot of humility because (laughs) sometimes you do need to apologize. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I hope that, I don't know, I, I feel like one of my goals as music editor was to include more to cover more women and um just like less like fewer just white guys and i um, think you definitely met that goal definitely i'm glad that other people perceive that but it's i hope that that continues in the paper i know that's something that charlie cares about but i mean you know even for me it's it's hard to like there's just a lot of white guys out there making music and yeah um 
And so sometimes I feel like, especially in the last few weeks when I've been like really busy, it's been, you know, kind of hard to, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like there aren't a lot of women or non, non-white men making music, but um, I think Pittsburgh is a really cool place in that way. I think there are like a lot of mm-hmm. just interesting bands that are different and deserve to be covered, but for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you've asked all the questions. Do you care to reflect upon your time with Margaret? So much. Thank you. <laughs> well, I just, one thing that comes to mind, my favorite story was that it's, it's just very um, friend, sisterly. Uh, I, I had no money to go to, we had to do this thing where we all go to shows on the same night, and everybody got to sign something, and I literally didn't have $5 to, to go to this Hambones show. And you came down to Lawrenceville to give it to me. But professionally, I will say that I've been more proud to be a part of the paper as you've been here. Um, on a personal level, I don't want to get into it because it's going to destroy me. But uh, it's going to be super awful. Um, I'm going to need a new friend. But having you in the podcast, having you letting me write ridiculous things that I know that nobody else would have let me write. Um, it's just been huge. And your toughness your insane intelligence and your kindness are all are all big. And I'm going to miss you a lot. Really nice. I'm getting a little bit clumped over know. here. <laughs> no, Margaret is, Margaret is the friend who will drive to another neighborhood when she's just learned how to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to give you that $5 to go to the Definitely. show and then, not, yeah. and then, then not ever expect anything yeah. else. And I think also, like what you were saying, the combination of tough, but also like just this sense of like, like it's like toughness with a really elegant delivery. Absolutely, like that's true. Always that's a good word. Like I've always thought there was something so regal about Margaret, and but the the tough is is so there. But like just seriously, just responses to things that other um, male music journalists have written that are just done like just makes the point. Yeah, so beautifully, but like really. I don't know, really yeah. drives it in there. And I think it just represents her as a person. Yeah. I, I, I love that you hold the people around you and your friends and um, your partner and your coworkers and your colleagues to a high standard. And you want good, you know, like you do good work and you want other people to also. So I think it, I mean, it, like Alex said, it never comes from a place of like, you know, attacking, but that you want, you know, intelligent music journalism. So yeah. Well, we'll do our best. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. I'm still around, so this I don't know. Even though this job has been pretty hard in a lot of ways, uh, I really have cared a lot about it, and I care about the paper a lot. So I definitely feel like I definitely it's it's bittersweet to leave. Yeah. So would you want to come back and do a music podcast with me once in a while? Sure, I'd love to. We had a good run, Jen Gooch. Yes. Is that the only one we did together? <laughs> we did We did. You Are My God. Yeah. Uh, heavy Metal Africa. Heavy Metal Africa. I mean, these are, these are our biggest hits. Yeah, it's hits. Yeah. Heavy Metal Africa. Yeah. Jen Gooch. Yeah. <laughs> you Are My God. Gooch. Africa. Songs. <laughs> the big three. Um, but yeah, I would like to keep doing that, like yeah. those music performances. So and it's always good to have you around. Well, I just have as... Just as many good things to say about all of you guys. Just so you know, you're all wonderful. This is like my favorite. 
Like Margaret, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Margaret said that she hopes that um, whomever is uh, goes is writing um, in the music section moving forward. Um, yeah, I think she's definitely not alone in that. I know everyone in this room, and I, I, I've talked about this with a couple friends, just like what's going to happen next. And um, I know that there are um, I have many uh, women musician friends and non-musician friends and. Um, that are, are really um, hopeful that whoever moves forward with this um, can follow in Margaret's footsteps and, and build from that and um, kind of build off the foundation that she's laid that, that covers um, a, a, a variety of genres and a variety of stories and backgrounds and um, people. So, yeah. Just I'm I'm hopeful that that will be the case, but yeah. But all right. So now rank your interns on physical attraction. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously Megan. Oh, you wanna. can do freelancers too. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, everyone's everyone's hot in their own way. Oh, that's great. That is that's, that's the so kindest lovely. thing. Yeah. That's gonna be your new LinkedIn bio. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's hot, hot in their, their own way. way. <laughs> that's good. All right. Any final words? Do you want to sign off or something? No? Uh, that seems sad. Okay. That seems sad. <laughs> and what song did you want to go out on? Oh, uh, Island, uh... Island Fun? Island. Yeah. All right. Madeline Campbell, Meg Fair, Margaret... Oh, I should... Meg, Madeline, Margaret, and me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you so much, Margaret. You're great. Take care. We love you. Have, love fun, you, have fun in California. <laughs>